and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 91. 91, no harm done. I don't think you've used that one before. I'm quite proud of you. Because normally when it's like 51, 61, 71, you kind of, not you, but just in general, people are like, there's only so many of these I can come up with. How high do bingo balls go? Did we figure that out? Um, depends on how high the person is. Shut up, Stephen. Uh, today, <laughs> today, we are visiting two separate places. The first story, they're both short stories, but the first story, it was a recommendation from one of our avid listeners. <laughs> one of our seven listeners. No, but one of our avid listeners, Stephen. And I added... Not me, a different No, one. different Stephen. Uh, what do you call him? Nalto. That's his name. It's not his name. Um, and then the second one is... They're both similar, but just different areas. So is that a good way to describe? You have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know, about. we haven't described Lidion. them yet. Should we crack on? We should crack on. Throughout history, architecture has been an invaluable tool for understanding the past. It provides us with a glimpse into the world that would otherwise be lost to us. The more artefacts, drawings, clothing and manuscripts we can uncover, the better equipped we are to piece together the stories of our ancestors. Historical structures not only showcase impressive art forms such as the Parthenon in ancient Greece or the Pyramids of Giza, but also reveal the culture and values of those who built them. However, some structures, like the Skull Tower of Nice, have a rather macabre history. But even the macabre findings are important. They may not be parts of our history that we want to remember, especially when it's our own. But as George Santayana once said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. However, Kurt Vonnegut also said, I've got news for Mr. Santayana. We're doomed to repeat the past no matter what. That's what it is to be alive. This is the full story of Serbia's most grisly monument. In the 14th century, Serbia was in a vulnerable state despite centuries of strength and development. The kingdom's confidence was shattered due to an increasing strength of the neighbouring Ottomans. Eventually, the Islamic Empire invaded and conquered the southern city of Nice in 1385. The Ottomans consolidated their gains in 1448, beginning 241 years of misery for Serbia. Numerous travellers passing through the area wrote about the horrific Turkish atrocities that occurred during this time. Although the city changed hands several times in the 17th and 18th centuries, independence remained a distant dream. The empire was becoming weaker, and it was clear that uprisings were going to happen. In February 1804, the first Serbian uprising started. Unfortunately, the name of the uprising is indicative of its outcome. The Serbian rebels were disorganised and plagued by internal conflicts. The leaders were more focused on gaining power, leaving the fighters in a hopeless situation. During the Battle of Sigar in May 1809, Stevan Sindelec faced a difficult situation. His army, consisting of 8,000 soldiers, was greatly outnumbered and quickly defeated. Aware of the atrocities that awaited his men as prisoners of war, Sindelak, who hailed from Svelajnak, made a bold decision. As the enemy approached his trench, he aimed at a keg of gunpowder and ignited a massive explosion, which resulted in the deaths of all of those in the surrounding area. 
the show of patriotic defiance wasn't exactly appreciated by Vizier Hershid Pasha, so he ordered that the rebels' heads be removed from their corpses before they were skinned, stuffed, and sent to Sultan Mahmud II. The Sultan presumably The Sultan presumably appreciated the offering before sending the heads back to Nice to be put to use. This led to the construction of the Skull Tower, a tower four and a half metres high, containing 14 rows of 17 skulls, with 952 dismembered domes on four sides. During Ottoman rules, such monuments were often built to instill fear and terror into the locals. They worked. Well, for the most part. The skulls often either fell from the tower, were also stolen by thieves, or the saddest variation of reasons why the skulls would go missing is distraught relatives, the latter of whom believed that they could recognise the heads of their fallen loved ones. So they took the skulls away so they could have a proper burial. The skulls mostly stayed in place, however striking fear into the souls of any Serb who dared look its way. As the Ottoman Empire's downfall became inevitable, the final governor of Nice decided to remove the skulls. By the 1860s, the skulls were only causing animosity among the local Serbs, as the threat they once posed had long dissipated. On January 11, 1876, Nice was once again under Serbian control. A chapel was constructed around the tower and the quest to locate the missing skulls was underway. Demolishing the tower was never an option. It was crucial to remain its standing position as a memorial for future generations about the sacrifices made by their forefathers in the fight for Serbia's independence. As a result, the skull tower, Kila Kula in Serbian, now serves as a silent testimony to the struggle. The original monument remains significant today, even though less than a hundred skulls remain. And then there are the more recent discoveries, like in the Aztec capital. A new discovery has been made by archaeologists who are excavating the well-known Aztec Tower of Skulls in Mexico City. Another section has been uncovered, consisting of 119 human skulls. With this addition, the total number of skulls found in the structure, which dates back to the late 15th century, and is called Huey Zompantli, has now reached over 600. This tower was first discovered by archaeologists from Mexico's National Institution of Anthropology and History, the INAH, five years ago and is believed to be one of seven towers that were present in the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan. Near the ruins of the Templo Mayor, a religious centre from the 14th and 15th centuries dedicated to the war god Huitzilopochtli and the rain god Tlaloc, lies a tower in its eastern section. This tower contains newly discovered skulls, including at least three belonging to children. Archaeologists were able to identify the remains based on their size and the development of their teeth. Previous assumptions held that skulls in the structure were of defeated male warriors, but recent analysis suggests that some of them belonged to women and children. Although we cannot determine how many of these individuals were warriors, perhaps some were captives destined for sacrificial ceremonies, says archaeologist Barrera Rodriguez in an INAH statement. We do know they were all made sacred, that is... They were turned into gifts for the gods, or even personifications of the deities themselves, for which they were dressed and treated as such. According to an article by J. Weston Fippen in The Atlantic in 2017, 
the Aztecs used to showcase the skulls of their victims in smaller racks around Tenochtitlan, before eventually transferring them to the larger Huey Tompantli structure. The bones were held together with lime and were arranged in a large inner circle that, that gradually widened into a succession of rings. Although the tower might appear gruesome to modern-day individuals, it's worth noting that Mesoamericans believed that the ritual sacrifice responsible for creating it was crucial in keeping the gods alive and averting the destruction of the universe. The vision incomprehensible to our belief system makes the Huey Chompantli a building of life rather than death, the statement says. According to archaeologists, the tower has a diameter of approximately 16.4 feet and was constructed in three phases, most likely during the rule of Tlatoani Ahoizatol between 1486 and 1502. Ahoizatol, who was the eighth king of the Aztec, was responsible for expanding the empire's territory to include parts of present-day Guatemala and the Gulf of Mexico region. Under his leadership, the Aztecs achieved their greatest territorial expansion to date, with the city of Tenochtitlan experiencing significant growth. Ahoyzatol also oversaw the construction of the massive Malinalco Temple, commissioned a new aqueduct to serve the city, and established a robust bureaucracy. Some accounts suggest that up to 20,000 prisoners of war were sacrificed during the dedication of the new temple in 1487, but this number is not universally accepted. The Spanish conquistadors Hernan Cortes, Bernal Diaz del Castillo and Andres de Tapia documented the Aztec skull racks in their writings about the conquest of the region. According to J. Francisco de Andacorel's report, El Economista, in 2017, the Tapia stated that the Aztecs arranged tens of thousands of skulls on a colossal theatre constructed with lime and stone. Additionally, many heads of the deceased were affixed to the steps of the theatre, with their teeth facing outwards and embedded in the lime. According to the statement, the Spanish invaders and their indigenous allies damaged the towers and scattered the fragments when they took over Tenochtitlan in the 1500s. Researchers first discovered the Macabre Monument in 2015, when they were restoring a building constructed on the site of the Aztec capital, according to the BBC News. The cylindrical rack of skulls is located near the Metropolitan Cathedral, which was built over the ruins of the Templo Mayor between the 16th and 19th centuries. At every step, the Templo Mayor continues to surprise us, says Mexican cultural minister Alejandro Frosto in a statement. The Huey Tompantli is, without a doubt, one of the most impressive archaeological finds in our country in recent years. That being said, maybe let's not do this again. What do you think of those? I think your friend Stephen doesn't like you. <laughs> Why do you think you don't like me? Was, for, the, for the viewers, <laughs> for the listening viewers, for the listeners uh, at your home, wherever that may be, you won't even hear all the edits that, that Annette's going to have to do tonight. So I'm pretty sure that she now does not like Stephen. Uh, no. Right. See. Okay. No. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, really hard. You got that um, for a take. I did. I did. Um, I discovered... Uh, what, what you call it? It's not an app. It's, it's just a website. And I, I don't know if it's an Irish person who owns it. what? A website. What was it called? A website. I thought you said I, Oh I'm very sleepy I thought you said You discovered nap 
No, I said it's not an app, but I forgot. Oh. I forgot what the you know PC laptop version word was for a thing that you find, and it's not a website; it's an app. And um, I don't know if they're Irish, but if they are, it makes a lot of sense. But the website is called How, the letter J, and Say. But that's a very Irish thing to say, isn't it? How do you say? How do you say your name? No, I'm not clicking at you. I'm just saying when, when Irish people get frustrated because they can't remember how to say something, they're like, "How do you say that thing? Like the the thing with the yolk and the bob and the how do you say that?" So the website is just funny. Um, but I have had the same five words on repeat, trying to pronounce them right, and I'm so so sorry if I got them wrong. It was really really hard to cover this. The first I wouldn't even mind. The first one was the one that Stephen suggested, and that one was easy to cover. If um, you're Mexican and listen right now, I please, please, please send us a voicey <laughs> of all the bad words. No, of all the words that, and that's mis, mispronounced. Hey, look, feel, feel free to say some bad words. It's all learning for me. Um, but I just thought it was really cool. Uh, I actually have pictures to show you. Yeah. Um, so this is the one Ooh, in Mexico. Um, you can totally understand why they would do, why they would build a wall like this. So this is the one with the women and children in it. Mm -hmm. Generally, women and children would not fight in wars. So what they were doing in there, I suppose they, the, all you can do is speculate and assume that it was sacrificial sacrifices. What's the word I'm looking for? One of the ones you just said. Ritualistic sacrifice is the word I was looking for. Um, and then the other one, they have an old... I suppose an illustration of what it what it should have looked like or, or what they think it might have looked like um but that is the one in nice i i think it's pronounced nice it's n-i-s but the s has a, like a mini v over the top part of the s so i don't know if i pronounced that right either mm. uh, again i apologize if i didn't um i loved that one that one was a fantastic story because the the one in mexico is obviously so old that we just have no manuscript whatsoever with any kind of idea of what was going on or what it was built for or the whole reason whereas the first one the one in serbia i think it's brilliant because we actually have a this is what happened and this is why the wall was erected and this is why they built what they built to i suppose scare the holy bejesus out of the people that lived there so that they didn't um what's the word rebel and, and and cause another uprising again and it's mad i love that part of history where you're just kind of like can we not do that again but then we can't forget that we ever did that because the minute we forget that we did it we're likely to repeat ourselves there's not a chance you came up with any characters there no there's you? no ghosts or anything in this we're scary people and there's probably is lots and lots of ghosts but I don't have any You ran Steven If you were to pick a character for him Who do you think you would pick for him? He was the one who was leading the rebellion Oh uh, Now I know your instinct is to go with an Irish actor But it's not that kind of rebellion No Oh what's his name? He's in Leech Weapon Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson Because <laughs> yeah. he's like You can never take our freedom But you can take our credit cards Or whatever No else. that's you who said that Mel Gibson never said that uh, there was, No There was an ad was oh yeah we yeah we discussed this we discussed this i don't just make up random stuff yes you do that's accurate <laughs> um we will keep it nice and short and sweet but i do want to give some movie recommendations or not necessarily movie recommendations more so just anything that i have randomly been watching i binge watched a whole season series season no it was one season isn't that right a series yeah. is like could be oh, a 10 season so it was just one 
series. Season. Series is the whole thing. Season okay, so I watched a whole season of one thing, um, but they are ghostly related. So the very first one I wanted to recommend is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I cannot say this enough. I love Melissa McCarthy. I really do. I genuinely love her, but I feel the female version. And please don't come for me if I say this, but I feel like the female Ghostbusters did nothing for the franchise. It kind of made it seem like they were the ones that came up with it, not the way this did this was based on 20 years before i was born and she's 12 this is 32 33 years after um and it's the grandkids of one of the particular ghostbusters um and finn wolfhard is in it from stranger things he's the guy with curly hair paul rudd is in it he is absolutely fantastic um and Carrie Coon who I knew I knew who she was but I couldn't remember who she was and then I found out she was the she was the evil character in Avengers she wasn't in Endgame because she died at the end of the one before that but she was one of the evil kids of Thanos um the one who had like maleficent horns coming out of her eyebrows it was really weird um and then a really young actress that I love is McKenna Grace, who was also in, oh, I only know that she was in The Haunting of Hill House. I don't know if she was any in any of the rest of Mike Flanagan's things. But then speaking of Mike Flanagan's, uh, another one that I watched, now this is not for, it's not gonna be for everybody because it was it was actually very difficult to, to watch. Um, I seen Club there and I put, I was about to put Breakfast my hand Club. on it. And yeah, I, was... I know, that's what I thought I was getting myself into. Um, but I loved it because, sorry, I, it was called um, Midnight Club. Now I don't know if it's the latest installment of Mick Flanagan's, but it's definitely the most recent one that I've seen. It was in 2022, it's called The Midnight Club. And without beating around the bush, it's basically based around this gorgeous, huge house that's a hospice for kids who have terminal cancer. And they all meet up at 12 o'clock midnight every single night and tell ghost stories. But Jesus Christ, even some of the ghost stories are a slasher movie worthy. Some of the, oh. the ghost stories that they come up with could have their own movie. They're absolutely brilliant. And it's funny though, because it kind of gives you an insight of what it's like. Actually, it could never possibly give you an insight of what it's like to be a kid with cancer. So it's not for everybody. However, Ruth Codd is in it. And she's an Irish actress and she is an absolute badass. I absolutely love her. She's brilliant. Um, and then there's a couple of other people that are from the Mike, because well, Mike Flanagan just regurgitates all Ruth of his Todd actors. Ruth Yes. Ah, oh, yeah. She is absolutely fantastic. And it was about three or four episodes in before I realised that she had lost her leg. I thought she was just in a wheelchair because she was quite weak I didn't realise I had anything to do there was a ballerina story that she told that you had to understand um, no, but she's not a leg in real life no she doesn't uh, no 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 she's... no because I recognise her from TikTok I didn't know that though I didn't know she was no, she's been in a couple of bits um, and then the other movie that I was watching is uh, We Have a Ghost and I put off watching it because I thought it was just going to be another Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion which I love it's a guilty pleasure of mine but I thought it was going to be another one of those movies but it's actually really lovely uh, Anthony Mackie who plays the Falcon in Avengers just in case people don't know who he is he is in it uh, a kid who plays his son whose name I cannot pronounce I think it's Jahai um, he's going to be huge he's just he's absolutely amazing He's he's just got this 
brilliant personality and then Jennifer Coolidge is in it because you know what yep. other kind of medium would you want other than Jennifer Coolidge and David Harborn uh, who is David Harbour you said Harborn oh did I sorry yeah. who did he play in he played the the main guy in Stranger Things he played Elle's dad in Stranger Things Vecna would be like the main guy depending on your perspective oh he wasn't really in it that often though was yeah, he but he was still the main guy this whole series wouldn't have happened without him that's very true <laughs> why can I not remember his name Jim Hopper if my dinner depended on Stephen I'd start no yeah I was I was him and around Dave um, so yeah they're, they're my recommendations I wouldn't go so far as to say they're all absolutely fantastic but uh, Ghost Li- Ghostbusters Afterlife has been my hyper fixation for what two weeks now well I binge watched The Bear season two in two nights was it good? yeah what's it about? a chef basically cool now, I remember I was telling you about it the other night and it was like one really intense episode where they they went back in time when all his family were there at yeah. Christmas and they were all just shouting at each other. But is that not what Christmas is though? This is like, this is severely dysfunctional. Oh, like Royal Family? Oh God. No, 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 no not is... like Royal Family as in, do you remember the programme? Oh, I do, yeah, but this oh, is okay. more dysfunctional than that. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it was just proper screaming. It's like, but loads, loads, there was a couple of people, at least two people in that family that had some mental health issues that needed to be treated. Oh. Yeah, but some like seriously it. good actors. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, but it's it's just it's one of them shows that's I want to say gritty, and you're just like, oh, I really want something good to happen for this guy. Yeah. But the, there was like two or three episodes. One episode in particular, when the useless, hopeless brother is like, oh, I'm never, you're never gonna amount to anything, and he gets sent off to stage, which is basically learn or work for free in another restaurant to get a bit of experience and some inspiration and stuff like that. But he, like, previously he was working, they had, like, it was basically a jumped-up sandwich shop. Yeah. And they're rebuilding the whole thing. Yeah. And while they were re- rebuilding, lots of the chefs hadn't got anything to do, so they went off and staged somewhere else. One of the guys went staged in Stockholm, and this guy was staged in, like, a three-star restaurant, and he was, like, giving forks to wash, and he's like, well, this is, this is bullshit. Beneath like, me, yeah. And not didn't say it in so many words, and then somebody... Th- yeah, but boss, I can't use the word you used. His, his, <laughs> what, Saj? No, the BS word. Uh, so he he had a, a word with him outside. It's like, why do you do this? Because I love it, man. It's important. And it's about giving. And, you know, it's about the service and getting from the service of other people. Because I used to have a, a drinking problem years ago. And this is how I cope. And this is I'm just aiming for perfection every time and mm. seeing their faces when they leave. And then eventually he... It was really... It was a bit cliche and hallmarky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I was balling. Oh, you do. you got to have the bit of hallmark. And he had this whole turnaround thing. And and then he came back up to the bear, who's the main character. And he... Instead of being like, What I got to do is you sent me away. Blah, 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 blah. In, like, a... Chicago and Italian kind of an accent. And he just (laughs) kind of put his hand on his back and said, I get it now. And I was like, Let me go to work. And then then all of a sudden he's like... He's walking around. He actually says, I wear suits now. I wear suits now. I love it. I love it. I did see as well, there is a third series, which which is weird because I don't remember watching the second series, but I know if I watched the first episode of the second series, I'd be like, no, I've watched all of this. There is the third season. No? Series? Yeah. There's the third season of Ragnarok come out. Now, I know subtitle movies are not for everyone, but I think they've come up with... um, 
dubbed English. But I mean, I like the subtitle ones ah, because you have subtitle, to read it and you'll you'll pay attention more. Yeah. Um, because nine times out of ten, if you're just watching a movie or you're listening to a movie, you're gonna get distracted by something mm. else. Whereas the subtitle ones, you have you're engaged. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to watching the third season. Right, we've waffled for long enough, Stephen. Shall we finish up there? Say words. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will, of course, include the links in the show notes. And if you have any questions on this or any other episode, our socials are What's the Story Ghost on Instagram and What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com is our email if you have any personal stories you would like to share. And those are all my words. Please text us. On what, Stephen? On the things you just said. On the DM, notes. Stephen. Get with the times. They don't have I'm our cool. mobile numbers. I'm cool and hip. Do you remember at the beginning when I first had to start writing that down? Because I kept saying, and you can text us on. I'm like, no, no, no. We are not giving out or our WhatsApp instead of uh, Instagram. I kept getting mixed up. So, exit jingle. Exit jingle. No, uh, you say. Exit jingle. And uh, I say exit jingle. Oh, what do you say? Any idea what I'm trying to say? Not a clue, Steve. Oh, man. Bye. Bye. Do you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's the theme song to the Royal Family. Yeah, I know. I've only ever watched the Christmas episodes. I actually have never seen the intro to that.